Welcome to Home Health 360, a podcast presented by Aliacare. I'm your host, Jeff Howell, and this is the show about learning from the best in home health care from around the globe. G'day, listeners, and welcome to another electrifying edition of the podcast that has leaders from home care and home health from across the globe. Today, we are speaking with Alison Green, the CEO of Bien Chez Soi, which translates to well at home. If I have my numbers correct, Bien Chez Soi has gone from 50 to 850 caregivers over the past five years and are now at 42 locations, making it the largest home care franchise in Quebec. Now, to put that into perspective, Quebec has a population of about eight and a half million. So it puts it on par with the state of Virginia. And in Virginia, even the most brand name of agencies only have maybe three to five locations at the max. So, Allison, thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me, Jeff. So give us some personal background and what led you into home care. And I do want to also talk a little bit more about just how much you guys dominate the Quebec market. Because when <laughs> I saw 42 locations divided by the population, I was so impressed. Thank you. Yeah. So it actually really started as a family need. I started my business when I was 23 years old, coming right out of school, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. My grandfather had been hospitalized for two years. So for him to be able to come back at home at that time, 15 years ago, there was just no home care options in the province of Quebec. So I hired my first two employees, so that called them préposés aux bénéficiaires in Quebec, home care workers, to bring them home. And that's how the company started. Very, very quickly, within about one year, I knew that I wanted to convert my idea into a franchise model. So quickly, I put things in place. I was 24 years old at that time, and I had given myself an objective that at 30 years old, I would start selling franchises, being a woman in a man's business world anyway. That's what I thought in my head, knowing as well that the market in terms of the baby boomers coming onto the market at that 30-year mark would be the moment that I needed to seize the market very quickly and that a franchise model would be the tool that would permit me to, within five years, completely dominate the market without losing on the quality of the service, having, you know, exponential amount of entrepreneur franchisees and each of their local regions being able to make a difference in their communities. So you started in 2008. When did you sign your first franchisee? Six years ago now. Okay. I'm interested because you're 24 years old and you gave yourself six years at that time to become the solopreneur and build a stable enough business. I'm rather surprised at the (laughs) maturity and patience that you exhibited at that age. (laughs) Yeah, I understood that I had five years to dominate the market. So I had to make sure and that's a very quick growth going from zero to 42 franchises in five years in one region. So I really wanted to make sure that my recipe was, you know, nothing's perfect in life, but as perfect as possible so that I could live that hyper growth without needing to build any of the tools necessary during those five years and only be able to support the growth of the company. And 
So about how big was your business then? Like how many caregivers and how many clients did you have when you said, okay, now we're going to offer franchise opportunities? So I had about 70 caregivers. And I would say that in the Vichyssois market, we're about two caregivers per one client. Okay. Is about our ratio. Okay. And then in those six years, were you researching how to become a franchisor? I'm curious, like you had no background yeah. in that. And I'm wondering like, so how, for the people that are and out I there. that health. So really no background <laughs> right. in franchising, business, anything. So I actually read an enormous amount of franchise contracts that I would purchase online. Lots of them being from like the really big brands in the United States and really learning from those agreements, writing my own agreement, obviously with lawyers as well, but knowing what I wanted to do. I went also through a lot of pieces in Quebec of franchisors being sued for whatever reasons, not related at all to home care, to kind of learn what didn't work, why, to be able to really build that company foundation and culture and co-development that was so essential to us being able to grow and have happy, fulfilled, empowered franchisees. How is home care administered and paid for in Quebec? I shockingly know very little about (laughs) how it all works. Yeah, nobody knows very much about how it works, unfortunately. So if I look at Vichy Swang, about 60% is really like private and about 40% will be paid by the government. Even within the government, unfortunately, there's 16 different administrative regions and each of those regions manage completely differently their budgets allocations, or ways of working. So it's a very difficult market, unfortunately, to understand from a government's perspective. I've been able to speak with a lot of different home care organizations around the world. And unfortunately, in Quebec, it's one of the least organized in terms of being able to work directly with the government. The government has a very strong placement agency structure. So the difference between the two being that the Quebec government wants to use our employees or the employees of placement agencies to fill schedules, but of which the government stays in total control of the information of the client. Whereas in most regions of the world where home care works the best, and is actually helping the clients at the end of the day, it's more of a structure of home care agency or company taking whatever control of the client and managing their employees and having a complete care plan and then billing the government and giving reports to the government on how it's going, but still having a direct contact with that client. So that's the, one of the big differences in Quebec compared to other places, especially in North America. So in other words, are they not, because I would have just assumed that they would just refer clients and they would mm-hmm. do it on a pro rata share of the market. So if Bien Chez Soi in, a, in one of the 16 regions has 20% market share of in-home occupational therapy, uh, and then the fifth patient comes along, that referral goes to Bien Chez Soi. But you're saying that this placement structure 
they're still like the government is doing the scheduling of the home care and taking care of the care plan? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Which is totally dysfunctional. So from a lobbying perspective, we're fighting very hard to change that structure. We're working in collaboration with Care to try and, and have the structure put in place so we can change that and really work on a referral basis instead of an employee scheduling management nightmare. But to not quite there yet. Got it. Okay. Your website's very helpful, by the way. And I noticed that you have a family and relative section. <laughs> the colors are really good, too. I felt like, I, like I'm on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. With the family and members section on your website, it drove me to think with self-directed care being such a, a booming sort of niche within our industry. I'm curious if Quebec is taking any steps towards helping solve the staffing crisis with compensating family caregivers that are already providing care. Yeah. So in Quebec, we call that la cloche danse is the terminology. And yes, more and more with every year that passes, there's more and more programs and subsidies to help the families take care of their loved ones. But in Quebec, I think one third right now of the population that is 18 and over is a prochain which is definitely not equal to the amount of money for sure that's going and helping these families. Got it. And I noticed there's a quite a bit of information on tax credits for childcare on your yep. website as well. I'm assuming, is that a big way that the government operates is with tax credits? Yeah, exactly. So whether it be the elderly population or nanny services for younger families, the government does a lot of tax credits. So anybody who's uh, 75 and over automatically gets a 35% tax credit, of which will increase by 1% every year to 40% over the next five years. And same thing for nanny services for young families. It's based on the person's or the family's income, but will have an amount between 25 and 75% that will be reimbursed. Mm. So in Ontario, the trend has been to be fewer health authorities. So I think when they were called community care access centers, I think there were 29 of them. And the switch was somewhere around 2017, where they moved to, I think, 14 LENS, local health integration networks. And and now we've moved to five Ontario health teams. So someone's going to be fact-checking all this out there. (laughs) (laughs) Calling you out on it. (laughs) Yeah. And so I actually thought that Quebec had 22 local health authorities. So you said that there's 16. Do you see a trend of them moving this number down like Ontario? I don't think there will ever be a change in the administrative regions. However, what's changing in the politics of the healthcare system in general is a, an abolition of the, I don't know what CEO is in English, the governing boards of these different organizations that are all working in silos and the government working on abolishing them all and having one entity that all of these report to to make sure that one of the goals being the collaboration between public and private being much easier to manage instead of needing to have 16 different ways of working, which is really not helping anyone and even creating competition in terms of budgets between them. 
But that's a big change that we'll see over the next maybe two to four years. And I know that you've been busy. Uh, you presented a memoir to the Parliament of Quebec on the issues affecting home care. Yeah. How big is the lobby group in Quebec? And how effective are they? I know that in the States with HCAOA and NAC, there's a march on Washington. And I'm just curious if for home care, it's really the leaders within the space. Are you regularly going to Parliament or how does all that work? Yeah, so regularly we are doing lobbying, not necessarily directly at Parliament. There's very little physically done in Quebec City where our Parliament is. Yes, there's an appetite from the society, there's an appetite from the government, from politics, for change and innovation. Quebec is far behind. So we're seeing more and more, even just in the last few months, we call in French the Zapinterest, so the government opening discussions with all entities related to whatever sphere on collecting new innovative ideas on how to constructively build home care in a positive way. So in terms of the memoir, I worked, I'm the founder and vice president of the Home Care Association of Quebec. So we built a memoir together with all the different private home care entities of Quebec on how we think the home care sphere should evolve over time. And the principle of that is really creating a referral structure where the government is able to refer clients and us be able to provide, obviously, the care, but also the information, the data behind how this is going. Because a report actually came out from the government in the last few weeks that said that there was basically no collection of data on the performance of home care in the government at this time. Yeah, and I think even the industry in general, probably about one third of agencies don't do any reporting. There's still a lot of small agencies that are on paper and you can't improve what you don't measure. Yeah, of course. How has life been through COVID? How do you feel that the province handled the pandemic and how did agencies get along? So in terms of home care, it went really well. We were very lucky. It was a huge eye-opening event for Quebec. Quebec is one of the places in North America that pushes the most, my words are all in French, but the hébergement. So putting people in homes that are subsidized by the government. So it's the place in North America that pushes that type of elderly care the most. So like in Quebec, like anywhere in the world, obviously the pandemic hit very hard in that type of setting because in any type of elderly home, there's a much higher possibility of contamination, mm-hmm. especially the government working in a very placement agency way while they had caregivers that were going from one home to the next and propagating the disease on a very high level. In Quebec, there was almost a two-year shutdown. So people that were in homes were not allowed to see their family members, were not allowed out of these homes. The healthcare system was not able to support the influx of people needing help. Luckily, home care and the possibility, all the positive that comes with home care was really put in light. There were very little negative Cases that came out in Gay Chez Soi, specifically related to our company, there were zero, zero 
negative propagation between houses or caregivers. There were really no negative stories or anything negative that happened around COVID and home care. So it was only positive for our industry and even for the government and for society to see the importance of home care through COVID. Yeah, there's definitely a light shining on home care that uh, you didn't see prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. What changes do you see happening in home care over the next few years? When it comes to Quebec specifically, it'll be a huge, they're calling this a virage massif of soins de domicile. So there's going to be really like a massive turning in terms of budgets, in terms of structure towards home care. So in terms of the Quebec market, it's going to be enormous. Uh, really a referral, like I said, a referral based structure that will really help home care companies emerge and innovate. In terms of the market in general, I think that the collaboration between competitors and markets is something that I have never seen before. And I think we're so lucky to have the possibility to really make a difference in people's lives and people wanting that to happen and seeing the really, you know, difficult position that we're going to be over the 30 years is really creating beautiful, innovative hubs in Quebec and elsewhere where people really want to help. So I'm really hopeful for the future in terms of and where we will be bringing our company. I think that we need to see home care in a really 360 view. Uh, If someone wants to stay in their home, it's not just home care in itself that is the deciding factor of someone being able to stay in their home. There's household maintenance, food, is the house appropriately adapted to the needs of that person? So creating solutions that have a 360 view on keeping someone in their house, I think is the future of home care, which Spawn has developed a new product that's called Maison Adaptee, that will really be that 360 service that someone needs to stay in their home. Yeah. And almost 100% of people want to do that age at age and place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have any secrets on how to recruit and retain caregivers? I don't think I have any secrets, but what really works in Geisha Spies culture, I think everything has to do with culture. Employees just want to feel especially caregivers, they just want to feel recognized. They want to feel important. They want to feel like they're a part of something bigger. So us, our strategy is really just taking the time. Every month we have an employee, you know, of the month, a caregiver of the month. We even called our caregivers the bienveillant with a with a capital B that really empowers them and feeling like they're making a difference and not just doing, you know, technical, medical, whatever work. We have an annual party every single year where all of the 850 caregivers across Quebec are reunited together and and really take the time to make sure that each one of them recognizes themselves in a movement that is larger and that they're a part of. So I think that's really just recognition and culture is the key to keeping caregivers and making them feel well. Yeah, a study of over a billion home care visits. And we looked at the utilization. Obviously, a big one is that they have to get hours and make a paycheck as soon as possible. And, of course. Uh, the exiting caregivers, 
the number one thing that they would cite is lack of communication from the office. So they both were not getting the hours that they needed and they really did feel disconnected from the company as well. Yeah, it's hard. You're working in someone's home every day. How do you create that connection? So we were really lucky. Uh, we actually were one of the first Care clients. So we really use Care to help us create that communication with our employees by using the most amount of tools possible to make sure that we stay connected to people that we're not physically connected with because they're in people's homes. So I think it's just thinking out of the box about how do I stay connected to people that I don't physically see and really, like I said, making them feel recognized for what they're doing. Your expansion plans with 42 locations and already really covering the market, how much more runway would you have for Quebec? And then do you have any expansion plans beyond the province? Definitely doubling. So we're going to be at about 90 locations in about five years. So we're going to double about exactly the same rate that we've grown so far. In terms of my franchisees growth as well, we are growing, uh, we're doubling almost every single year in terms of amount of people that we're helping not including the addition of new franchises. The market is changing in Quebec. The government is giving more and more leeway and wants to collaborate more and more with the private. In terms of growth of sales of franchises and my franchise's growth, we're on a really good track. I have no intentions of leaving the province of Quebec. I think that there's so much more that we can do to help someone in their home. If we're thinking of a 360 view of what we can do to help and feeling now that I'm, you know, more or less an expert in franchising, I think that the growth of Beige Soir will be in creating different home care affiliates through franchising of different types of services that we can offer to make sure that we're really offering that 360 plan to people that want to stay in their homes. We're just about bumping up on our time here. So Allison, on this last question, give us a reason to be optimistic about care delivered in the place that the clients call home. For me, I think it's really collaboration. We have this beautiful industry. You want to go into home care or health naturally because you want to make a difference in people's lives and you want to help people. And that incubator of inspiration and people wanting to help each other is just so inspiring, I think, for the future of home care and the people that want to stay in their homes. So I would really say that each human in the home care industry that exponentially wants to make a difference that is going to enable people to stay in their homes as long as possible. I'm certainly inspired. I feel like (laughs) I have gotten the 360 view of home care in Quebec today and your growth has been incredible. And I'm already amazed that you have 42 locations with a population of an eight and a half million. And I have no (laughs) doubt that you're gonna get to the 90 locations. So I'm excited to continue to follow Bien Chez Soi. And uh, thank you for being on today. Thank you, Jeff. Home Health 360 is presented by Care. First off, I wanna thank our amazing guests and listeners. To get more episodes, you can go to aliacare.com forward slash home health 360. That's spelled home health 360 or search home health 360 on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. The easiest way to stay up to date on our new shows is to subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We also have a newsletter you can sign up for on aliacare.com forward slash home health 360 to get alerts for new shows and more valuable content from Aliacare right into your inbox. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.